At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Have you ever thought about how mental health is stigmatized in the U.S.? That's pretty common. We talk about that quite a bit. There's a stigmatism on mental health in the U.S. But have you ever thought about how stigmatized mental health is around the world? And it really is. And we're going to talk specifically how it is in India. And so this episode, we're going to be talking about destigmatizing mental health in India and beyond with Atul Raj coming right up. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray, and I am a licensed therapist and the host of the show, and I am so happy that you are here today to listen. This is going to be really interesting, especially if if you are from the U.S. I want you to really listen to this because mental health is an issue. It's a a problem all over the world, not just in the U.S., and uh, along with that comes stigmatism, and just like it is here in the U.S., It's even more so, I think, in other countries. And so my special guest is from India, and he's a psychologist. And Tool Raj is a lover of art and dance, and he practices as a counseling psychologist in India and has worked in multiple settings like jail and NGOs and organizations. And his expertise is in working with depression, anxiety, trauma, mood disorders, relationship issues, anger management, stress management, the LGBTQIA plus issues, bullying, sexual issues, self-esteem, stress management, anger management, career counseling, and interpersonal relationships. I don't know if we left anything out there. (laughs) His belief in active listening, providing a safe space, and a strong sense of empathy makes healing a journey to look forward to. And for him, therapy is a way to unpack bottled up emotions and thoughts and develop skills to overcome obstacles in the future. Atul, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, I'm really looking forward to this because a lot of my guests are from the U.S. They're based in the U.S. And I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a guest from India. So I'm really, really excited about this and learning in particular about how mental health is viewed or thought of in India. But before we get to that, I'm really curious. I know you're a counseling psychologist. Tell me a little bit about how you became a psychologist and why did you want to become one? Yeah. And thank you for giving me that opportunity to talk about Sean. So the journey to psychology began during my 11th and 12th. So I started learning about psychology also because back then I was more curious about, you know, understanding how people behave, why do they behave in a certain way, what they think, and more of a little less knowledge about how psychology works. But as I started learning about it and 
as I started doing it during my undergraduation, I got more curious and I started understanding that it's not just about understanding what's going on in the minds of people, but also really helping them and helping them deal with the mental health issues that we are seeing, which is quite increasing day by day. And then I went on to do my master's and specifically the master's happened during the COVID, the pandemic situation. And that really gave everyone a good insight of how important it is to look at the concept of mental health. And it also because my specialization was into counseling psychology. So it really helped me to come across a lot of individuals with their own challenges and problems that they were going through during the pandemic situation. But particularly even before the pandemic hit, they had their own earlier issues. So people were coming into therapy and that gave me an opportunity to engage with more individuals there. And from there, I started working in different platforms, like how you mentioned, jails, NGOs, and different mental health online organizations. And I'm still continuing to do that. And it's been a journey. It's been a great journey so far. And I'm looking forward for more bigger journey ahead. It is a journey. And you're exactly right. You know, I can say that with my life and I became a licensed therapist in the U.S. in 2007. And it's definitely a journey with the people that we meet and the struggles that they come to us with. I don't know about you at all, but I consider it a real honor when somebody comes to me and just really bears their soul with me. And it's humbling, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm really interested to learn a little bit about the Indian culture, in particular around mental health. So can you tell me a little bit of how how is mental health viewed in India? Right. If we talk about the concept of mental health, obviously, globally, if you look at, there are many countries where it's still stigmatized. But if I specifically talk about India, there are 28 states here, right? And there are like so many people who still don't approach the psychologist or psychiatrist for that matter, because they think that, you know, if you approach one, you are considered to be a mental patient or, you know, that you are mad or that you don't belong to the society. So that left out feeling is always there for people and they feel that they are different from other people and hence they don't approach psychologists or psychiatrists or counselors for that matter. But having said that, it's also sad to see that how the ones who are going through the near and dear ones don't know how to help them and to really look after them because it's such a big issue that we aren't taught how to deal with anyone who's going through a mental health issue there. You know, it's like saying that if you have a physical illness, you can always visit a doctor because no one will hesitate to do that. But if someone is emotional or someone is crying out loud or someone is going through a breakdown as simple as that, People sometimes just give a very unsolicited advices and that's what happens in India most of the times. That people think giving advices or one, two, three motivational lines out there would really help someone to cope with their own problems there. And that's how these little things, because it's happening, you know, it's passing from generation to generation. And I feel that that sort of stigma is there and it exists. But slowly, obviously, if you look at the urban areas, it's still much better as compared to the rural areas in India. But yes, there's a long way to go in terms of 
really helping people to really psychoeducate them about you know what therapy or mental health for that matter is about making them more aware well i really love that and you're exactly right when you brought up the the physical part versus the mental part and it's like that here in the us too that you know we when we get hurt physically we break a bone or we don't feel well we'll go to the doctor without even thinking about it you know, without hesitation, or if we have a toothache, we're going to go to the dentist without hesitation. But many times when it's an emotional struggle, whether it's grief or anxiety or depression, many people are hesitant because not necessarily because they don't want to get the help, but what other people will think if they get the help. And it sounds like it's, it's like that a lot in India as well. What would you say to somebody who's listening to this, and maybe they are from India, and they are struggling emotional with some kind of an emotional struggle, what would you say to them, and what would be something that, like a, like a, a strategy or something that they could do at home if they're struggling? Let's say they're struggling with anxiety. I would say because if someone from India is listening right now, I would particularly say that, you know, the self-care is something that we can include in our daily life. Taking care of your emotional health, listing down a few things that you can do for yourself to deal with your emotions. So simply like journaling for yourself would really help you there. If we talk about emotional health, we also want to take care of our physical health. Because as mental health therapists, we don't, you know, deny the part that physical health is equally important there. So seeing to it, if you have a proper diet, sleep, nutrition, just keeping a track of it. If you feel anywhere, you know, something is missing out for you. Check with yourself, you know, check with yourself in terms of your daily routine there. Also doing some sort of breathing exercises for yourself, you know, taking long, deep breaths really helps. So I feel taking into consideration the emotional health and the physical health. If you are not able to approach a therapist for some while, you can do the self-care part for yourself and also probably looking out for any sort of, you know, the environment, you know, the surroundings that you belong to, you know, what kind of surrounding you have. Is anything in the environment that really is not fitting well for you there? Something that you wish to change in your surrounding there, you know? So I feel that these are the parts that would really help one to be more aware about themselves and also, like I said, journaling. That would really help you to let out all the emotions that you're feeling there, but also being aware of your thoughts about having a clarity there for your own self, which eventually you will understand, you know, what is something that's also making you feel anxious there. So I feel that's a self-help thing for yourself to do there. Yeah. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us. Because no matter who you are, we all smell like human. Please follow the link in the show notes. Well, I think those are really good 
tips for someone that may feel like they can't go to see someone like yourself in India? Maybe they live at home and, and their parents are totally against getting mental health therapy and treatment. So it's, it is important to learn what can you do at home if you feel like you can't go see a psychologist. And you had mentioned, speaking of family, you had mentioned earlier that in India, especially that the stigma of mental health is generations and it's passed down and to, to generation to generation. Why do you think that is? And where do you think the, the concept that getting help for mental health is, is weak? Where do you think that came from? Yeah, I feel that the mental health cases were there. It, it always existed there. It's just that we never uh, looked upon or identified or gave importance to it. And I feel people just ignore when it comes to the emotions and, you know, really getting in depth of understanding what a person is thinking. Because for people really thinking about, you know, healing someone or giving them that emotional support, it's a toll on them for themselves because they are probably dealing with their own issues there. And everyone is going through their own problems out there. And I feel because it's generation to generation also because the kind of education and access to awareness that people have now, thanks to social media, definitely, because people are able to look at different content out there. But initially, earlier in earlier days, we were not able to access those information or any sort of internet source or any any social media out there through which we could really understand. It was just meeting the same kind of people and talking about the same kind of things, but everyone not knowing, you know, what kind of help might be required for what purpose. And talking specifically about mental health issues, I feel that also because, like I said, it always existed. It becomes very important to also understand that people never knew the terms as well back then. It was more popular in the Western culture as compared to Indian culture. But having said that, people were not aware of, you know, depression, anxiety back then. It, it just seemed like, you know, someone is crying for no reason out there. I feel the crying part is something that people always ignore. Or if, some, if someone sees someone crying, then they just stop them or let them say, you know, you don't cry right now because it's not good. How can you cry? Are you a child to cry? Especially if someone is an adult out there who's crying. And that's a problem where it begins. And I feel that's something that continues till now. If we see someone crying, we just tell them, don't cry. It's, it's not good. Why are you crying? But rather, we don't try to understand them. So I feel that understanding part and the lack of empathy in terms of giving importance to mental health always was lacking in terms of the Indian society. Well, that's really interesting. Do, do you think self, kind of self-determination and resisting feeling bad and, and just pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, is that's what we say here in, in the U.S. when we just got to do it, hunger down and do it ourselves. Do, do you think that is kind of the mindset as well in India? Yes, it is. It is. And I feel that's also the sad part because somewhere back in my mind, we know that somewhere we are kind of aware now, but still we don't really, you know, if I connect to the mental health, we don't really give importance uh, in terms of the people who are really curious and interested in this field. But apart from that, the ones who are not, they feel, you know, this is not as important as other things that we do. 
Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense, and uh, it's it's kind of a you know if you think about it the the concept of having a mental health struggle is weak. That concept is really an international problem. And I don't know if you are, if India is facing this, but in the U.S., we are facing a really a, a, a national shortage of mental health professionals. And for a number of reasons, I was curious, are there a lot of mental health professionals providing counseling in India? Right. And thank you for bringing this question here, John. Why I said that is because there are therapists here. But the thing with India's education system is, which primarily kind of becomes like a barrier for a lot of people who are in this field, who wish to become therapists, psychologists, because someone who does a master's is considered as a counselor, but doesn't get a license here as compared to if you look at US or other countries, you know, if you're done with your master's, you get a license or you give a license test. But in India, you have to do a separate MPhil, which is master's in philosophy, which is after master's, uh, which is an additional two years. And that is when you get your license. And that is when you're considered as a clinical psychologist in India. Having said that, a lot of people, because again, the stigma comes here that people don't know that, you know, you need a proper degree to become a psychologist there. And people eventually end up doing diploma, certificate courses, just one or two months courses out there and consider themselves as being a therapist or a psychologist or for that matter, even a psychiatrist. That might seem funny, but it's also very disheartening because we are dealing with human beings out there and people feel that it's just talking with clients or for that matter, individuals, but it's not just talking. There's a lot of things that goes into therapy and that sort of thing is something that is a misunderstanding, a lack of understanding there out in India specifically. So because like I said, the license is not there after master's. So people eventually, you know, they just end up taking up a course and they become a psychologist, consider them as psychologists and there are many psychologists out there, but I would say there are shortage of good psychologists. I'll put it that way. Well, that's a good distinction and something that it's important. And I say this to people here in the U.S. as well. You, you want to do your research. Let's say you are in India and you do want to go see a psychologist. Do your research and make sure that the a psychologist is a counseling psychologist that has gone through all the steps. So that sounds like a lot that you have to go through and then, and then to be able to be licensed to, to practice counseling. So do your research, try to find someone that's not just calling themselves a psychologist, but can show that they have the credentials. And that is so important, no matter where you're at, whether you're in the U S or India or a different country, you want to do your research. So, I'm interested, and we're going to stay on the, this, this topic of mental health professionals. And you were mentioning about how mental health is stigmatized in India. What about the professionals themselves? Is there a, a stigma on counseling psychologists in India? Well, if I talk about particularly counseling psychologists, again, so someone who has done psychology itself, if I put a psychologist, people in India refer to them as doctors. Again, 
not having a clear distinction of who a psychiatrist is, who a counselor is, who's a psychologist, who's a clinical psychologist. There. Having said that, a counseling psychologist goes through some stigma in in terms of within this field of mental health, but also in terms of with other people who are not linked to this field, in terms of basic understanding of, you know, what kind of issues a counseling psychologist deal with. Because again, what is seen is that a counseling psychologist can only work at schools is what people think. They don't see that counseling psychologists can also work in a hospital setting or maybe in an NGO. But what they generally feel is that they can only work in schools. And the other stigma is simply what I was saying about the stigma within the mental health field is that clinical psychologists and psychiatrists often feel that a counseling psychologist doesn't have a lot of expertise in dealing with a lot of issues. So when I say a lot of issues, I particularly mean with, you know, the psychotic issues. Particularly, yes, a counseling psychologist is more given training for, you know, neurotic cases, depression, anxiety, other issues. But having said that, they start differentiating that, you know, a counseling psychologist can't deal with other such clients who are having more clinical oriented cases out there. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought the distinctions up because it sounds like it can be confusing. And uh, it's kind of like that here in the U.S. as well, because we have counselors, we have social workers, we have psychiatrists, we have psychologists. And how do you know which one that you need? And and really, it comes down to in the U.S., are they fully licensed to to practice independently? And uh, it sounds like it's a little bit more confusing in India with that for, for people. So it makes kind of sense, doesn't it? That part of the the reluctance of people in India who are wanting, maybe need the help, but maybe they don't get the help because they, they're confused. They don't know, well, which one is the qualified one and which one isn't. And so I'm sure that is plays a part of it as well. So I'm really also curious about what do you think would help destigmatize the mental health, just mental health in general in India? What do you think would help with that? I think the very first step is starting with school, you know, how we don't have special subjects related to mental health. So we started with psychology in 11th and 12th, which is later in life. But I would say as, as when we are in first standard, or maybe for that matter, even when we are in kindergarten, we can just have a check with our mental health there and having certain topics related to mental health, just so that people really understand, you know, that mental health do exist and, you know, to have certain problems related to mental health doesn't refer to you as being, you know, something like a different person out there or someone who's mad. It's totally okay to take care of your mental health. And I feel that starts off in, in school. Having said that, for the ones who have grown up, the adults, a lot of free workshops in India, a lot of awareness, which is obviously happening there. A lot of mental health advocates are out there who are you know, bringing that awareness up. But I feel just one person within a family, if they can take that initiative to really have a discussion about mental health, just as simple as we have other discussions about other things in family, I feel that will bring about the change rather than waiting for someone to really have a mental health issue at home and then really understanding, oh, this really exists there. So I feel it begins from school for children 
But for adults, it starts with a lot of awareness, a lot of information, articles, workshops, seminars, someone within family talking about it. I feel that's how it will help people out there. In it. Well, I really like how you brought up the importance of starting young and starting early about mental health, because I do think that is a huge part of it. And and also to be willing to be okay with struggling. And that's the hard part. If you are struggling with anxiety or depression or stress or grief, it's hard to admit that to someone else. But you're exactly right. It starts with communication. It starts with being willing to talk about it and to not feel shame. And because I think that's the root of the stigmatizing of mental health is that there's a lot of shame that comes from it as if the person who's struggling with mental health is weak in some way or not really human in some way. And you and I know that it's the opposite, right? When someone is struggling means they are human because we all do. We all struggle. We all have emotions. And sometimes those emotions get the best of us. And that's when we need the help. So thank you for that. I appreciate you bringing that out because that is important. And what you just mentioned, that can go a long way, even in America, is to communicate, start early, work with children, and, and to be able to say it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be anxious. But here's what you could do when you are feeling that way. So we have emotions, and that's what makes us human. But sometimes we need to learn how to manage those emotions so the emotions don't manage us. And I love that. I love education. I love the fact that you brought up that we need to communicate more and to be open more with our struggle and not feel the shame. That's perfect. Well, Atul, I'm really interested. You, you brought this up early on in the episode when you were giving some tips and uh, you, you mentioned self-care. And uh, one of the things that I like to ask all of my guests is about self-care because that's something I talk a lot about. And how important it is for us as people to work on our self-care. And sometimes even especially those of us who are professional counselors in the field, we need to practice what we preach. <laughs> so what well, I'm really interested, what are some things that you do that support your self-care? All right. So because I'm in this field, I specifically make sure that before I go to bed, I reflect upon myself, reflect and see, you know, is there something that's really bothering me, how my day went. And maybe it takes some few minutes out there to be grateful about a few things for myself. Sometimes I do it in the morning as well. But having said that, I'll make sure that I take short breaks because that's important. And that's something that I also like to tell people that, you know, you might be doing a lot of work. There might be a lot of things in your plate. But make sure that you take those little short breaks because that's important for you to get some rest and to, you know, have some self-soothing thing for you. I also indulge in some yoga. So meditation or yoga or some mindfulness breathing out there once in a day even if it's for five minutes, because that gives me a lot of relief from the stress, especially after meeting a lot of individuals, understanding their stories becomes very important to bring back yourself to that grounding technique. And that's something that I do in the self-care. 
Well, that's excellent. And uh, I think it is important for us professionals to practice what we preach because we, we are really good at telling people they need to work on their self-care. Sometimes we're not as good as practicing that ourselves. <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought that up. So Atul, our time is coming to an end here, but I would love to hear kind of your, your final thoughts on this and kind of wrap everything up. Is there something that you would like to, to share with my audience before we end our episode today? Oh, yes. I would actually like to say, first of all, thanks, John, once again, for inviting me to this show. For the audience, I would like to say that, you know, it can seem very hard to ask or seek for help, but take your own time. Don't be too hard on yourself because you know what suits well for you and what's best for you there. So believe in yourself there. Take your own time. And if really required, don't hesitate to seek out help because that's something that was some a topic for today. But having said that, if you really feel that's something that's bothering you, don't hesitate to reach out to a professional. I love that. Atul, thank you so much for being willing to come on. And by the way, I don't know if people probably don't realize how early it is for you right now, but it's very, very early. And you chose to get up super early to to be able to come on the show. And, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate what you do. I, I love the profession, obviously. And just keep doing what you're doing. Whenever you get discouraged because mental health is so stigmatized in India, just remember to keep doing it and why you became a, a counseling psychologist in the first place. And uh, so thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you and what you do and the encouragement that you just provided. It's just amazing to be able to hear from other professionals in this field around the world. And I want to really thank all of you for listening as well. I appreciate you so much. Some of you are fairly new to the show. Some of you have been around for a while. And I just really enjoy the fact that a lot of you reach out to me and uh, keep doing that. Keep reaching out to me. I want you to go to the website, mentalhealthtodayshow.com. And right there, you can listen to all of our, our episodes. You can read the blogs. You can reach out to us or to me in, in the, in the uh, contact field. I want to hear from you. There are things that you want me to talk about, different topics. Let me know. And because this is an interactive show, it's not just my show, it's our show. And so I want you just to, to go there, take a look and reach out if you need to. And uh, I, I would appreciate that. So I really appreciate all of you. I want you to continue to work on your mental health. And just remember that the Mental Health Today show has been championing your mental health since 2015. Take care. Bye-bye.